you look with me in Psalm chapter number 8, we're going to see one of David's psalms of praise to the Lord. And we ought to make it our habit to praise him and praise his name and glorify him and exalt him to his proper place. We look at this passage of scripture and some wonderful things I hope will be a help to you this morning. Psalm 8, beginning in verse number 1, we'll read the nine verses of this psalm. Psalm 8, in verse number 1, the Bible says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. We look with me in verses number 3 and 4. The Bible says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained. And the psalmist says, When I think about all that you've created, God, when I think about the majesty and the masterful way that you've created all that is, and how big you are, how big God is. You think about how big God is. He says, when I think about how big you are and how great your creation is, I can't help but think for a moment, verse number 4, what is man? That little word for man there is weak man, simple man. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? He says, I just can't imagine why you would exalt man, why you would love man the way you do. What is man? What is man? Today's message is titled that, What is Man? And we'll find some keys here, I believe, to finding value in life and value that God places on the individual. The value of a man's life is determined by a man's willingness to make God his Lord. I mean, look with me in verse number 1. The Bible says, O Lord, our Lord. You see that in your Bibles, O Lord. The word Lord, the second word in the psalm, O Lord, is spelled capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And the translators of our Bibles did it that way so we could distinguish what Lord that is in the original language. That is Jehovah God. Anytime you see the word God, capital G, capital O, capital D, that is the word Jehovah being translated into the English language as God. Or you see capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Lord, Him, in all capitals. This is just a fact that that word, that reference to the Lord God, Him, is Jehovah. 
When we look at the name Jehovah, it refers very specifically to the creator God of the Bible. It, creates, it describes very specifically the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It describes very specifically the God of the Bible. God, Lord. The Bible says in verse 1, O Lord, our Lord. You see the second Lord in verse number 1? There's a difference. There's a difference. It's not saying, oh, Jehovah, Jehovah. There wouldn't be nothing wrong with that if you're praising with Jehovah, Jehovah. Sometimes we double things up for emphasis. That'd be fine. But that's not the meaning of this text. The Bible says, oh, Lord, Jehovah, oh, Jehovah. It says, oh, Lord, our Lord. And it puts it like this. The psalmist is declaring something very, very important. He's declaring that he's made God his Lord. If something is your Lord, it's, you are its servant. And I'll just tell you, folks, the most important thing that you can do as a child of God is to make God your Lord. I'm not talking about just getting saved. I'm just saying the most important thing that you can ever do is to make God your Lord. This is a Bible truth that I love to talk about. I talk about it often without any apology. But I want to, it's very important that we pay attention to it. You know, the proper term, title for Jesus is Jesus Christ our Lord. That's his full title. It tells us all about him. Jesus is his, God, is his earthly name. Mary and Joseph were instructed to call his name Jesus. The name Jesus was actually a popular name at the time in the culture. It was a, a, a form of the name Joseph, I mean Joseph and Joshua, which were means God is Savior. Jehovah is Savior. So they said, let's call his name Jesus. And Jesus' name, his earthly name was Jesus. Like my name is Cody. His name was Jesus. That was his name. There were probably other Jesus. Around, I remember the first time growing up in Southwest Virginia. You're not exposed to lots of cultures. You got a great culture, but you're not exposed to some other culture. And I remember the first time I saw a child's name listed as Jesus on a piece of paper. I was informed quickly that his name was not to be pronounced Jesus, but Jesus, and I got that in time. But I just tell you, the first time I saw, it, I was like, I can't believe somebody would name their kid Jesus. Can you imagine that? My lands. I remember I saw that, and his name was literally Jesus, Jesus Christ. The next thing is we have Jesus Christ. The whole world believes in Jesus. We set our clocks by Jesus. We number our days by Jesus. In communist China, this is the year of our Lord, 2021. Oh, really, the year of our Lord? Yeah, Jesus Christ. We number our days by, and the whole world believes in Jesus. Jesus existed. Very few people deny that because he made such an impact. Jesus, the whole world believes in Jesus. Jesus was his name. Jesus Christ. That tells us who he is. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus is the Jesus born in Bethlehem. Jesus born to Mary. Jesus conceived of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, that Jesus, that Jesus is the Christ. 
God sent from heaven. He is the God-man, Jesus Christ, the Christ. He's the only person that could ever possibly go to the cross and pay the price for our sins because he was ordained from the beginning to redeem the people and their sins. Jesus, the Christ. Now, I believed in Jesus as Christ when I got saved. I believed that he was the one who paid the price for my sins that he was the one who died on the cross, who was buried in the borrowed tomb, that he was the one who arose three days later, who ascended into heaven and prepared a place for me and you and anybody else who put their trust in because he is the Christ, he's the Messiah. Nobody else can forgive your sins. Nobody else was sent from heaven. Nobody else is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. The Bible tells teaches us that his proper title is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Capital L, little o, little r, little d. Now, there's a progression. The whole world believes in Jesus. The number of people goes way down, people who trust him as the Christ, as their Savior. But I want you to know something. It's a sad thing, but it's so true, and it happens in all of our lives that we often fail to give him his proper place in our hearts and lives as Lord. You see, if Jesus is our Lord, then that changes everything, right? That means if Jesus is our Lord, we are his servants. That means we don't make our plans without consulting our Lord. That means we're busy about the work of the Lord. Jesus is our Lord. We should allow him to be Lord. We should make him Lord. And the Bible says here in the beginning of Psalm 8, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. I want you to understand something. If we're going to understand what is man and what God has intended for man, it all begins and it all hinges on this simple fact. Have you made Jesus your Lord? Are you allowing Christ to be your Lord? And if you are, the blessings and the treasures of this passage of Scripture are all yours. What is man? What is man? The Bible says and teaches us in the first part of this psalm, man was created by God. What is man? Man was created by God. The Bible says in verse 1, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above thy Heavens. I, I like this. So many things about this verse of Scripture. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. Now, this was something that God gave David to speak in regards to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, in our as we've studied biblical culture, that the emphasis on the God of the Jews is of utmost importance to the Jews. But God was speaking even before Christ ever came on the scene. David wrote this many years before Christ came on the scene. And God is preparing the way for the coming of the Messiah. And God sends word to David. He says, I want you to write it down. We're going to put it in Psalm 8. That Jehovah is our Lord. And that his name is excellent in all the earth. Where was his name excellent? Now, the Jews would have no issue at all with his name being excellent in Jerusalem. But when I read this verse of Scripture, I'm so encouraged to know that I was created by God and God loves the whole world. He was not a tribal God. 
He was the God of the whole earth. God made us. Look at verse number 5. Verse number 5, the first part of it says, Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. God created us. Man was created by God. He has an excellent name in all the earth. Look what the Bible says in, as it continues in verse 2. The Bible says in verse 2, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. God has created man with a purpose. And God has done something that's amazing that only God can do. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies. What does God say here? He says, I'm going to take babies and I'm going to do amazing things with babies. Do you know every world problem? Do you know what God does and God sends for every world problem? A baby. May we never forget. May we never underemphasize the importance of children. The Bible says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained strength. For all of the world's problems, God sends a baby. I want you to think about Moses for a minute. And as we think about out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, what was it that God used in the life of Moses to prick the heart of Pharaoh's daughter? Moses had been born in a difficult time in Egypt. An Israelite, a slave in Egypt's land, Pharaoh had, ordered, had, uh, had commanded that all the children, all the boys would be killed. And Jochebed and Amram, Moses' parents, kept him and protected him and hid him until they couldn't hide him any longer. They built an ark of bulrushes, a little boat, and put it in the water. God ordained that boat to go right in the presence of Pharaoh's daughter. And the Bible says that her maidens went and picked up the, the basket. When they opened the basket at the very moment that it needed to happen, the Bible says in Exodus chapter number 2 and verse number 6, she opened that box and the Bible says the babe wept. The babe wept. And out of the mouth of that suckling, that baby, a little cry was the beginning of what God would use to conquer the greatest nation on the planet. God uses babies. Well, how about Samuel? You remember Samuel? His mama had a broken heart and went before the priest, Eli, and she was crying. He, Eli thought she was drunk. And Eli comes and speaks to Hannah. And she says, oh, no, I'm not drunk at all. I'm just grieving in my heart. I want a child. And if God would give me a child, I'll give him back to God. God gave her a baby. They named him Samuel. She yielded him to the service of God, and God used that little baby, Samuel, as he became a man to save the nation of Israel, to help get David on the throne of Israel. God uses babies. How about Jesus? He's the greatest baby ever born. When the whole world needed to be saved, what did God do? He used his creation. He used men. He used the baby. Born in Bethlehem. He would raise and rise and grow and become the Savior of the world. You see, man was created by God. And God uses men for a purpose to work his plan. And what a mighty God we serve. God uses babies. Oh, it's wonderful. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength. 
because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. And it goes, it leads us to verse number five, thou hast made him. A little lower than the angels. God made us. Folks, I am so thankful that God has made us. There's so much about creation in this passage of Scripture. And we must never forget it. If we're going to accept Christ Jesus as our Lord, if we're going to allow the Lord Jehovah to be our Lord, if we're going to have Christ's leadership in our lives and we're going to be the servants of the Most High God, we must come to the grips with the fact that God created us. God created us. Man was created by God. What is man? We were created by God. It's exciting to think that God cared enough. What is man that our mind was? It's exciting to think that God cared enough to make man, and God has used man, and God wants to use man. Man was created by God. Man was created by God, number one. Man was created by God. Number two, man is loved by God. Man is loved by God. Oh, I'm so thankful to know that God not only created us, but he loved us. He not only created us, but he loved us. The Bible says in verse number 3, When I consider thy heavens, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. Now David's sitting thinking about the heavens. Can you imagine... David had a limited understanding of what was going on in the heavens, but when he saw it, he was amazed by it. He knew very little compared to what we know today in regards to the vastness of God's creation. And honestly, I wonder what's left out there to discover. God is so, is so amazing, and what God has created is so amazing. When I consider thy heavens, David was thinking about it. He said, I've been living long enough to know that there's part of the year that's cold and another part of the year that's just right and another part of the year that's hot and another part of the year that's just right. And I've been watching the cycles. I've been watching what God does. And I've seen what God does in rising the sun and giving the warmth and growing the crops and sending the moon as a guide by night. He says, I'm looking at thy heavens. I consider thy heavens. Have you ever thought for just a minute, this is a psalm of praise. Just don't, don't forget about that. It's a psalm of praise. Have you ever taken the time lately, or have you taken the time lately, I should say, to praise the Lord for his blessing? I got here very early this morning, and I opened the window. Man, it feels good, doesn't it? This fall air, and you feel it just a little bit. It may be a scorcher this evening, but this morning, man, it was great. And I'm thinking about the harvest and all that God has done for us in the last few weeks, in the last few months. And the fact that God in love has created the heavens. He says, I consider thy heavens the work of thy fingers. As David's meditating on the Lord, he sees him as an artist. He says, the work of thy fingers. We know that God spoke into existence all that is. But it's God's handiwork. All, that, all creation is God's handiwork. The work of thy fingers. The moon. And the stars which thou hast ordained. He says, wow, you are so mighty, God. And he says in verse number 4, what is man? In light of how vast God is, what is man? Thou art mindful of him. He says, I don't understand what we are. Man is so weak and so small. But you are mindful of him. Isn't it? Here's, I've circled and I emphasize this word in my Bible, mindful. Do you know what God does? God is mindful of us. He thinks about you. 
You're on the heart of God. It should encourage us to know that we are on the heart of God. What is man? I'll tell you, we are on the heart of God. Are we small? Yes. Are we frail? Yes. But we are God's creation, and he loves us. We're on the mind of God. What is man that mindful of him? God's thinking about you. I love this verse of Scripture. The Bible says that God is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Isn't that amazing to you? God cares about the things that burden you. God cares about the things that bother you. God cares. Man is loved by God. He is mindful. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him. I like that word. The son of man that thou visitest him. The word visitest literally means to pay attention to. He thinks about us. And he pays attention to us. If you ever start for a moment to think you're all alone, just remember God pays attention to you. God knows what's affecting you. God knows what makes you happy. God knows what makes you sad. God knows exactly what you need. And in love, our Father God is willing to lead us wherever we need to go in order to get exactly what we need to thrive for his glory. We're loved. In the midst of this vast creation, on an individual basis, we are loved by God. What is man that art mindful of him? What is man that you visit him? You pay attention to him. I'll tell you what man is. Man is loved by God. Now this is so simple, but we must never forget how important it is. God that created everything that is loves you individually. God that created everything that is loves you individually. There's so many references to this. One of the references, the, how intimate God is with us as people is he counts the hairs on our head. The older I get, the easier it is for him to keep that number. But he knows you. He loves you. He visits you. He cares for you. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What is man? I'll tell you what man is. Man is created by God. What is man? I'll tell you. Man is loved by God. Number three, what is man? Man is exalted by God. Man is exalted by God. Look what the Bible says in verse number five. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Now I'm going to tell you something interesting. I don't ever bring into question the Bible. I believe God's word is perfect. And I believe I can trust the copy that I have in my hand. But I will tell you something fascinating about this translation. The Bible says, Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. That word angels is the word Elohim. You can look it up. It's the word Elohim. Over 4,000 times the word Elohim in the Bible translated God. God. Elohim. God. But here it's translated angels. And I don't know the purpose for that. But I will say it's fascinating for me to see and understand that thou hast made him, made man, a little lower than the angels. A little lower than God himself. As a matter of fact, we're exalted to places in places we carry as God's children. We carry a more important role than the angels do. You can study that in the scriptures. And the Bible says we're made a little lower than angels. We're made a little lower than God. And we've been crowned with glory and honor 
a little lower than God. Man is exalted by God. It's exciting for me to think about the place that God has put man. Now listen, we get, to a situ- we get in situations where humanistic thinking wants to put man in a place just a little above the animals. And fortunately, I see some folks want to put man a little below the animals. Now I'll just tell you, I love animals. I love God's creation. I'm confident we should be great stewards of it. But God has warned that in the last days, men will worship the creation more than the creator. And Bible preaching, Bible-even churches like this one from the pulpit, there needs to be an emphasis on the fact that man is a little lower than God and not a little lower than animals. And they have a glorious purpose. The Bible says a godly man will take good care of his critters. That's not exactly how it's translated, but it means exactly the same thing. A godly man will take care of his critters. A godly man will take care of the creation. But a godly man understands that creation has a, has a role and man and creation have a order and man is created a little lower than God himself. And animals and creation was put in place for man's benefit. I think about agriculture. I like farming and I like to think about it. I like to see how food is grown and prepared. I'm, I'm reminded of the person that was so angry with the folks who'd next door who'd raised a cow and slaughtered it so they'd have meat for the winter. They were so angry that she did the only noble thing she could imagine to do. And she took out a personal ad in the newspaper And she shamed these folks, and her personal ad said something like this. Shame on you people who kill innocent animals so you can have meat. You should go to the grocery store and buy your meat where no animals were injured. (laughs) She needs a fresh dose of Psalm 8, right? The reality is man is exalted by God. And we have a responsibility We have a responsibility to tender our resources correctly. But we should never worship the creation to the neglect of the Creator because God is our Lord. Man is exalted a little lower than the angels. The Bible says in verse number 5, And has crowned him with glory. You know what's amazing? God really has crowned his creation, man, with glory. Isn't it a glorious thing, the things that God has given us, the abilities that God has given us? It's amazing. You think about all that God's given. We're thinking it's football season around here. and there's just I've heard folks talk about this, but you think about all the physics and mathematics that go into a quarterback taking a football and throwing it down the field and, the, and a young man on the receiving that ball, watching the trajectory of the ball and being able to calculate in his mind where that ball is going to land and run in anticipation. The, the person that throws it, throws it. The person that catches it, catches it. And the calculations and the ability of the, of the mind that God has given man, it's glorious. Folks who make video games in order to get a football player to throw a football and a football player to catch a football on a screen... It's pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of equations that make that happen. Yet God has put in the glorious mind of his creation, man, the ability to see it, cipher it, and conquer it just like that. It's amazing. Man is exalted 
a little lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Crowned with glory and honor and dominion. Look what the scripture says in verse number 7. Actually, verse number 6. Thou hast made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. God's giving him, given us dominion. Dominion. The word dominion is used to describe the two lights in creation. Genesis chapter number 1. God said that he gave dominion to the sun and to the moon, the sun for the day, the moon by night. And God has said about man that he's made him to have dominion, authority over the works of his hands, over the works of God's hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep, oxen, beasts of the field, fowl of the air, fish of the sea, whatever passeth through the paths of the seas. God's given him dominion. What is man? I'll just tell you something. Man is blessed of God. Oh, it's wonderful. Created by God, loved by God, exalted by God. Man is blessed of God. How can we have God's blessings? It's the key to this passage of Scripture. How can we have God's blessings? How can we glory in His creation? How can we glory in His love? How can we glory? How can we effectively do what God's given us to do? As his exalted creation. It's very simple. It's repeated twice. The first verse, this psalm says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. In verse 9, the last verse of this psalm says the same thing. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. What is man? I'll tell you, man without God is condemned. Man without God is ruined. Man without God is fallen. Man without God is destined to failure. Man without God, as the Bible says, the book of Isaiah is like grass. And the Spirit of God, when it blows on that grass, it withers and dies. But man, man in subjection, Submission to God. Oh, how blessed we are. David said it right. He says, Oh, Lord God. Oh, Lord God. Oh, Lord. Thou art our Lord. Oh, Lord, our Lord. He says, You know what? When God is your Lord, then man has an awesome opportunity. I just wonder, is your life representing a life that says God is my Lord? What is it that God's asked you to do that you've been unwilling to do? You've refused to make Him Lord. What is it that God requires of you that you refuse to submit to? You've refused to allow God to be your Lord. I'll tell you something, there's a sweetness about living this life when you've made God your Lord. He said it just right. Oh Lord, our Lord. You see, our relationship with our Savior should be personal. It starts at salvation. If you're here today and you've never been saved, there's never been a time where you personally repent of your sin and ask Jesus Christ 
to be your Savior and your Lord and began a personal relationship with Jesus, that's where it all begins. And for all of us that have known Jesus by faith as Savior, that have been saved, every day is an opportunity for us to declare, O oh Lord, our Lord. What is man? Without a Lord, we're doomed. What is man? With a Lord, we're created, loved, and exalted. We have a purpose to fulfill. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Will you praise him for his goodness today? Will you trust him with your life? Will you submit yourself to Jehovah God and make him Lord? Oh, Lord, our Lord. What is man? We're a blessed creature. We're blessed. What a mighty God we serve.